Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job urges us to go deeper in our relationship with God. We want to help reach the heart and soul of a city, and it's not going to happen with lukewarm hearts. It's going to happen by people that are engaged in prayer, who love to serve God, who He is the primary focus of their life. Everything else is secondary to their primary passion. Welcome to another Bold Steps Weekend with Pastor Mark Job, President of Moody Bible Institute and Senior Pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. Today we continue a series of messages about going deeper beyond shallow spirituality when it comes to our walk with God. Today Mark concludes a message from Revelation about Jesus' personal address to the church at Ephesus. We'll examine his compliments, his criticisms, and his warnings for this ancient church and what they mean for us today. If you have your Bible, turn to Revelation chapter 2 as we join Mark for today's message. And so God says to these people, these, these people, this generation, he says to them, you've lost, you've left your first love. And this is not like they had lost it. And then sometimes people say you've lost your first love. The word used here is you've walked away from your first love. You have departed from your first love. This was a series of decisions that you have made that has caused you to not to have the love that you had at one time. Now, what is a first love? Well, there's two things involved in this first love. There's the chronology of it, which means it's a love you had at first, but also there's the priority of this love, the quality of the love. And both things are implied in this passage that the love that they had for Jesus and God at this time was different than their first love. The quality of it had decreased. You see, if I were to survey people, I think probably 99.9%, if I were to say, would do you love God? Do you love Jesus? You would give me a hearty, of course I do. See, I wouldn't hear, I wouldn't be here, Pastor Mark, if I didn't love Jesus. Oh, sure, I got issues in my life and it's not perfect and I struggle sometimes, but I love God. And I don't doubt your love for God. But the warning, the challenge is this. What is the quality of that love? Because there's a love, there is a love. Oh, there is a love. There is a love that captures your heart. There is a love that motivates your spirit. There is a love that makes you weep when you aren't a weeper. There is a love that pushes you forward. There is a love that gives you a vision. There is a love that propels you, inspires you, motivates you, pushes you on. There is a love that burns with passion. There is a love that has fire inside of it. There is a love that cannot be contained by your heart and it's called the first love. That is the kind of love that the Spirit of God is searching for, longing for, looking for, desiring a first kind of love in our heart. Now I have to admit, I've known God for a long time. I've walked with Jesus for a long time. And in my own life, there is a natural tendency to degenerate to the level of spirituality around me unless I intentionally 
Look to God and say, God, revive, refresh me once again. And over the years, I can point to times in my life where God has had to break me because my love got stale. I remember one time years ago, the church was growing and people were coming to Christ. I was a little burned out though. I just, just doing a lot of ministry. How many of you know you can do a lot of ministry, but kind of lose your connection with the very one that you're doing ministry for? It's like marriage. You know, you could do a lot of work around the house and get everything ready, but your wife said, hey, hey, when's the last time we had a date? And I remember a woman called me and, and she was a woman with a lot of problems. And the secretary said, so-and-so's on the phone. I thought, oh, why'd you tell her I'm in? So I got on the phone and I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this person has a lot of issues, problems. And I thought we just had a long conversation last week about these issues. And I, I remember thinking, okay, and I gave some pat answer. When I hung up the phone, have you ever felt the sharp, serious conviction of the Holy Spirit? As soon as I hung up the phone, I felt like the Spirit of God said to me, I love that woman. I love her. She's not a problem person to me. She's a woman that I love. I remember no one was in the room, but I hung up that phone and I fell on my knees and I wept like a baby because I realized my heart had gotten hard. I cried and I fell and I said, God, forgive me because the moment I see people as problems, rather than as individuals who you love and have a destiny and purpose for your life. God's the moment that I have lost your love because Jesus, you're not that way. And I cried and I slobbered and I said to God, God, I need a fresh baptism of your love. God, I'm not going to continue on because I don't want to, I don't want to look at and, and just not like people, Lord. I don't want to be one of those pastors that's in ministry that doesn't like people. Believe me, there's a lot out there. <laughs> I want to love like you love Jesus. I want to love. God broke my heart deeply and it didn't happen just overnight, but it was a series of events in my life where I felt like I gained a fresh love for his people. You see, when you have your first love, you love what God loves. You hate what God hates. You love what God loves. And so the spirit of God says to this group of people that's meeting there, he says, listen, you've lost your first love and it's a big issue. Not that you don't love God, but you've lost the quality and the quantity, the passion of your first love. And then he gives them a three-part restoration process. Three simple steps. And I don't even have to force this on the text. You know, preachers always look for the three points. This is like written out, laid out. <laughs> he said to them very simply, the three start with R, remember, repent, and re-engage. I want to talk to you for a moment about that. He says to them in this passage, 
You've forsaken your first love. So verse five, remember the height from which you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. The first thing he tells him to do is remember. Remember the height from where you have fallen. You see, I believe that one of the things that God does to stir up our first love is he reminds us of the time when we were really engaged in our first love. And I think of the church of Ephesus, but I also think of new life. I think of of the early days of passion and fire. I think of praying in a nursery with some of the leaders that were there, six of us crying out to God and saying, God, we are so desperate. We're, we're, We're so stuck, God, that unless you show up, unless you are part of this, God, I'm walking out on it. We're desperate for you, God. You have to show up. And I remember with leaders in this this nursery with little cribs around crying in the basement of 44th and Polina, God, you have to be here. You have to show up. We're desperate for you. I remember getting so serious about sin that we had a big sin bin in the entrance of the church and everybody was throwing, uh, some of you remember that, right? And they were throwing uh, CDs and, and garbage and, and Playboy magazines. And I mean, we filled that thing up big time and someone got so convicted over their TV that they brought in their little portable TV and put it in there. And we had another guy that was discipling some people and, and, and he shows up at my house in the evening. He says, hey, pastor, you know, I'm discipling. This guy has some stuff for the sin bin and, and, and I don't want to keep it in my house. I said, okay, I'll take it to the church. I said, what is it? He says, it's a stack of kitty porn. I said, whoa. I, my wife said, that is not going to be in my house. So we, we put it out in the balcony. And then in the morning, I put it in the backseat of my car and I drove to the church. And, and then it struck me. What if I were in a car accident right now? Oh, Lord. All over the newspaper heads, pastor caught with. So I stuck it deep inside the, the place there. And then in a Sunday morning evening service, I had the bright idea that let's do a bonfire like in Ephesus and burn it. And so we took it to the yard outside the church and we laid it all out. We doused it with gasoline. We were singing with guitars all around there. (laughs) And we lit it on fire. Well, I didn't know there was TVs and all that stuff in there. I didn't know that would create a big black bellow smoke just going up there. I didn't know that the neighbors would all show up and call the firemen. I didn't know that the fire truck would show up. And sure enough, the whole neighborhood thought the church was burning down. And so we're all singing praise you, Lord. And we're getting all real nervous. The fire truck shows up. They all jump off the fire truck. So where's the fire? Fortunately, we had a fireman that was part of our worship service and he tried to explain that this was a religious, uh, this was a religious ceremony. (laughs) The fire captain didn't seem too amused by a religious ceremony. He said, religious ceremony or not, put that fire out. So the sincerity, the simplicity of Jesus, we're just gonna follow you. We're not always the smartest people in the world, but we wanna be... (laughs) Hey, we want to be passionate about your things, God. 
I remember prayer walking entire communities because we felt like there's people in our community that have never been prayed for. So we prayer walked entire communities one by one, praying over people. We went through a phase where we wanted to bless everybody. So we went around and went into, into, into businesses and we say, can we play blessing over you? And we had great conversations. Uh, went into a bar, I think Dave Garrett went into a bar and a big biker, he said, you know, can I pray blessing over you? The biker started almost teary-eyed, weeping because he's praying blessing over him. The idea was, God, we, we, we know that you're here. We know that you're working. I remember when we laid hands on a building uh, because we needed a building so bad. And so we took the whole church out and we all laid hands on a building like this and almost caused accidents because people were looking to see what the drug bust was because we were like this. <laughs> oh, Jesus, like this on a building. And people were like, Where, where's, where's the cops? Where's the drug bust? I remember engaging on our first 40-day fast. Just not really prepared for it, but about 40 people actually engaging in the 40-day fast. One guy was an electrician doing his job, and after a week of it, he, he, he almost passed out off the ladder, but, but, but committed to it, fasting and praying. And I pray to God, God, I hope, O oh Lord, that we don't get too grown up. Oh God, I pray that we not to get too grown up, too sophisticated. Oh God, I pray that we don't get so much experience that we, now we simply look strategically at how you can do things. I pray God that we keep a heart that says, Lord, we are weak and we are small and we, have, we don't know how to do what you've called us to do, but here's our heart, Lord, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You see, it's remember, remember, remember when you, when you read the Bible and you wept over it. Remember when you just wanted to devour the word and you'd walk into a service and they'd be singing, here we are in God's presence and you, you just have to bow your head and weep because you felt like the presence of God was so powerful. Remember when you wanted to get up in the morning and seek God and call upon his name and that the more than your cup of coffee, you wanted to experience his presence. Remember when you prayed believing that God was gonna answer your prayer and you'd lay hands on sick people around you and pray. Remember when you would talk to everybody who you knew about the gospel and just share Jesus with them. Remember when you prayed over your lunch without dropping your napkin to pray? That's first love. Oh, maybe it looked a little corny and maybe it looked a little fanatical, but you know what? That's how first love is. That's just the way first love is. And God says, I want that kind of love. I desire that kind of passion in your love for me. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend, a challenging message from Mark Job, and we'll get back to it in just a moment. First, we want to make sure you don't miss out on one of our most popular and informative resources. It's known as the Bold Stepper Weekly. These weekly devotional emails are sent to our listeners every Monday morning straight from the desk of Mark Job. 
With encouraging stories and biblical insights, this free faith-building resource will help you start your week with hope, peace, and a focus on Christ. If you haven't signed up for this weekly dose of biblical encouragement, do that today by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. It's easy to join the list, and of course, there is no fee or any obligation. Now, back to your spiritual wake-up call, a message from Mark Job on Bold Steps Weekend. You say, well, Pastor, I didn't think it was a sin to lose your first love. Absolutely. Repent. Repent means not just to feel sorry about something, but repent means that you're so convicted about it that you turn away from it and go in another direction. That's what repent means. Repentance starts with confession always. Confession is agreeing with God about something. You see, you'll never regain your first love until first of all, you repent of your pseudo love, of your lukewarm love, of your half-hearted love, of your, your, what you have exchanged your love for. You'll never, re, you'll never regain your first love until you admit and acknowledge this is not the heart that God wants me to have. This is not the condition or the love. He wants more than this. You'll never repent unless you realize and say, this is sin. I've let things crowd out my first love. And so I repent of it. I acknowledge that it's not where I need to be and I'm willing to turn away from it and pursue God with a greater passion. That's exactly why we're having these 21 days of fasting and prayer. You begin to do the things you did in the beginning. You begin to open your mouth and share with people around you. You begin to get up and get into the word and begin to read. You begin to worship God more freely, even though you may not feel it at the time, but you do it. You begin to carve out time for the priority of it. Engage in the things that you did at first. Hey, some of you, when you came to Christ, you wanted to mentor and disciple a bunch of people. It's been years since you've mentored or discipled anybody. Your greatest joy was to baptize a new believer, but you know what? You you haven't done that in a long time. Your thrill was to serve and you haven't done that. And what, what he says is, get back to it. Get back to what you did at the beginning. Start doing those same things that you did at the beginning and start asking that God will change your heart and reinvigorate you because if not, he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put out the light of your lampstand. Now, the great thing is this, by the way, I love this because I wondered to myself as I read this, I wondered, I wonder if they really heeded the word. And I found a document that was written in the second century. So it was written quite a few years after. And it was a document written by Ignatius of the Ephesians. And apparently the Ephesians did listen because a document written years later to this church says, you who are of the most holy church of the Ephesians, which is so famous and celebrated throughout the world, you being full of the Holy Spirit, do nothing according to the flesh, but all things according to the Spirit, you are complete in Christ Jesus. And I thought to myself, yeah, they listened. They repented. Their sons and daughters weren't lost. The second generation experienced revival. 
The people that knew Jesus for a long time re-engaged. They lived out their life passionate about the things of God. I close with this. One of my greatest inspirations in my life, one of the people that influenced me most with my walk with God was my father. This was his Bible. One of the greatest treasures that I have, his Bible. I have notes and messages that he preached. I don't preach out of it because it's the King James and some of you would get lost in the first verse that I read. But you know what? Some of us assume that as we get older, our passion for God should diminish. One of the things that inspired me so much is that my, da my dad died at the age of 60. I, I was there. He was in Spain, living for God as a missionary, leading people to Christ. But he never lost his zeal. He never lost it. Never. To the end, he had a passion and a zeal for God. And I prayed so many times, oh God, don't let me lose it. Oh God, the simplicity of knowing Jesus, the purity and the passion and the simplicity of living for him, of pursuing him, of doing what he calls me to do, of not getting so complicated, not getting too wise in my own eyes, just simply a lover of Jesus that throughout the day asked, Lord, what is your will for my life and how can I follow you and how can I do your will? God, I want to live there and love people like God loves people, the first love. Don't ever lose it. And if you've lost it, may the Spirit of God say, it's time to come back. Our teacher, Mark Job, with some bold steps, practical ways for us to rekindle that passion and zeal for our first love. Mark is with me here in the studio. Mark, you mentioned your father and how he was an example of someone who stayed true to his first love. Can you talk more about him? I'm, I'm fascinated by that. You know, Wayne, at his funeral, there were, they don't embalm in saying he passed away on a Sunday morning. They buried him on a Monday. Mm -hmm. And uh, I showed up on Monday not expecting many people, and I thought, what's going on here? There's just hundreds and hundreds of people that had shown up for this funeral, people that have driven all night. And over and over they came up to me and they said, your dad, your dad was like a father to me. Your dad spoke to me. Your dad loved me. Uh, one lady was told, your, uh, your dad was the only person I could talk to. And I thought, who? I, I said, well, who are you? She says, I'm the bank teller. <laughs> And uh, so I walked away from that funeral, Wayne, with this determination. I want to love God and love people better because that's really the sign of a heart that stayed fresh with God. I'm so glad you had that example in your life. Yeah. And I still pray that. Uh, once in a while, I think everybody does that. Our, start, our love starts to grow thin. And I say, I pause and I say, Lord, rebaptize me with a fresh love for people and for you. Yeah, what a great prayer. Thank you, Mark. Well, so glad to have you with us today. At Bold Steps Weekend, we offer you simple gospel messages in order to set you on the path to freedom, authenticity, and transformation. Men and women all over the country are being set free. 
As a listener-supported ministry, it's generous friends like you that help make it all possible. Your monthly gifts help us stay on the air, and we're grateful for those who've already made the decision to give a gift every month. That's what a bold partner is. Would you consider doing the same? It's easy to become a monthly partner right now at boldstepsweekend.org. Or talk with one of our friendly staff by calling us at 866-535-5580. Mark, here's a question for you. Do you think God ever uses fear to teach us things? You know, that's a great question. I think there's a good kind of fear, the fear of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the reverent fear of His presence and the wrath and judgment. I think those are good fears. But over and over, Scripture really tells us not to live our life dominated by fear. I think of Paul's words to Timothy, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Well, we're offering a bold action gift called Fear and Faith by Trillia Newbell. And this is a chance to take bold action towards a fear-free life. Imagine waking up each morning with a renewed sense of purpose and confidence in the knowledge that fear no longer has a hold on you. Don't wait to request this bold action gift when you give a gift of any amount to support Bold Steps Weekend. To give that gift, simply call us at 866-535-5580 or give online at boldstepsweekend.org. And as always, you can send your gift in the mail. Write to us at Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. One more thing, if you'd enjoy listening to these Bible lessons when you're out taking a walk or running errands, be sure to subscribe to our Bold Steps Weekend podcast and get these messages downloaded automatically to your phone or smart device. Just head over to your favorite podcast app, Search for Bold Steps Weekend with Dr. Mark Job. While you're there, be sure to subscribe and leave a comment. Well, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to come back next weekend when Mark continues his series titled Deeper Beyond Shallow Spirituality. That's coming up next time on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.